Hello, and welcome to Books, the podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. And we're booksmen. Yes. Hell yes. Tim, last week I said I was worried about being able to get this book again because my library loan was expiring. Mm Mm-hmm. No problem. Really? I guess they've got like a list of VIPs at the library well, or something. Tom Joshua. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw this comment. The the books, the podcast bump is real. He tried to borrow one of them from uh, the Brooklyn Library. Um, and Same. they were out of ebook. Same library I use. But yeah. I don't think he, he said it was necessarily uh, Andromeda Strain, right? Um, I think it might have been like a past book we covered. Oh, I see. Um, I was. I like, feel like Andromeda Strain is actually also like in a good, where it's like, you know, it's books from like the late '60s. There's no like hype around it, right? You know, they're not doing. What like are you a talking reboot. about, Tom? Well, We're covering it on us. books the podcast. But I'm just saying, like, it's a very mainstream book, so like libraries have probably a bunch of copies, mm-hmm. and there's not a huge demand. Whereas, like, I feel like sometimes we've never done anything I feel like that's, like, super zeitgeisty, but we've done a few books. Uh, if I Did It <laughs> by O.J. Simpson. Well, actually, something like that. Like, I feel like we've done a few books where it's, like, the library libraries might not have any ebook copies. They might have, like, one physical copy, and it might be somewhere else in the system, and they have to right. get it. Not, like, we've done a lot of public domain stuff, though. Not that much. I feel like probably half the stuff we've done is public domain. You're full of beans, Tom. You don't know what you're talking about. Your head's full of beans. (laughs) Well, I haven't... I haven't read up about the copyright law of 1976, so did things change with that? With (laughs) what falls into public domain? (laughs) Um, Tom, how often are you in bookstores? Um... Not super often. I'm not like a big. I love browsing in a bookstore. Mm-hmm. I don't. And then opening up your phone and uh, remember when Amazon had? Did, oh, did they scanner. still do that? Uh, Where you could scan a barcode of a book and it would bring you to the product page. You really? could scan a barcode of anything. I think. Yeah. Um, I I I'm sure they still do, but I think it's probably not as like front and center. Probably yeah. just because people. Probably, honestly, people didn't use it because it was just quicker to, like, just type in what they were looking yeah. at. But uh, what a shitty thing to be, like, go into bookstores and, uh, oh, yeah. like, pick up the item that you could buy right there yeah. from maybe an independent retailer mm-hmm. and uh, buy it from me, the evil man on the internet, yeah. instead. Um, although, it, I've, I've recently gotten a lot more... Like, I like browsing bookstores with, like, new books, Mm -hmm. but I will infrequently buy something, usually just because it's, like, I've already got a big to-be-read pile, and, you know, if this is, like, a new hardcover, it's, like, $26, if not more, Um, but... Uh, last month, last month, yeah, last month, I went to a, a used bookstore in New Jersey mm-hmm. that was great, and I bought an like adult bookstore, a used adult bookstore. A lot of the pages were stuck yeah, together, that but like a nightmare, yeah. Uh, so who knows what's on those pages? But all the articles in these uh, books are fantastic. <laughs> um, no, but you know, because I had been turned off for a while. Uh, by like New York City used bookstores where like 
I don't know. You can't find bargains, right? You know, everything's like uh, there. There's a uh, bookstore. Can't store. afford to have a store in New York City if you're if you're offering bargains. Exactly. Tom. Well, like there's a there's a bookstore near me, uh, Unnameable Books, uh, and they're actually just about to move into a bigger location. And um, you know, very nice, very cool bookstore, very knowledgeable people. But they had like a very very small. Uh, sci-fi section, and, you know, and I like sci-fi a lot. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, but cool. They have like a lot of like classics that I've been like meaning to read. And also it's like, oh, these are like some like paper mass market paperbacks from the 70s and 80s. And then I open it up and it's like $9. I'm like, well, not, no, I'm not going to pay $9 for, you know, like a, a book that costs $3 fucking 40 years ago. Yeah, but where else are you going to find it, Tom? Uh, but that's the thing. I'm not. Re- no, they weren't obscure. Also, things. nine dollars, Tom. How you're gonna get hours of enjoyment out of? Oh, this absolutely. Thing. If it was something I was like looking for, mm-hmm. that was like this is my you're next. He's not gonna take a flyer on something. Yeah. If it was like this is the next thing I want to read, Look, Tom. If you need money, you should have come <laughs> to me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, the, you couldn't spend nine dollars. What on I'm a saying book. is, when I went to this bookstore in New Jersey. There were a bunch of things I took a flyer on because they were $5 or less. And it was like, you know, I bought Isaac Asimov's iRobot because it was like $3. And I was like, "Ah, I'll read this someday. I've always wanted to read this. You've never read iRobot? No. Starring Will Smith? I don't think he's in the book version. I think... uh... He wasn't on the cover. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I found actually this like uh, like semi obscure UFO book there that was I actually found like a very obscure book uh, uh, signed by the author that I was like oh shit and that was like twenty six dollars they like knew what they had did you buy it no I didn't what book was it Um, sex by Madonna (laughs) no it it was a UFO thing Uh I I forget which uh, uh, but I think it was a Gene Valet book. Uh, and Gene and he had signed it. Although it's cool too. Like sometimes you buy books from a books uh, used bookstore and you open it up and uh, the the authors uh, inscribed it. Yeah. Sometimes you ever buy a book and it's just like uh, it's just a gift that somebody else gave to somebody and it's <laughs> yeah. like I hope you enjoy this book and it's like no yeah. you, they didn't enjoy and the like book. the 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 spine isn't even cracked. Yeah. <laughs> It's like this one went right to the used bookstore. <laughs> um, so yeah, I like a good. I don't like New York City used books. I like to peruse them, but I won't right. buy anything because usually it's just like, uh, you know, it, the prices don't make sense. I like a good non-New York City used bookstore, and I mean, I love going in a bookstore no matter what and just uh, browsing. Yeah, I go to a bookstore. I would say at least once a week. Wow. The same one? Um, There's a couple in rotation. There's some really good... Is it the library? Are... Tom, I wish it was the library. The library's not really... The, the, the hours that the library is open, not really compatible with my schedule. Yeah, night owl like you. Exactly. Showing wanna... up banging on the library door at two in the morning. <laughs> Hammered. I can't sleep. <laughs> I need a book. No, like... Libraries, I feel like, used to be uh, open more. Like, they used to have, like, yeah. in our lifetime, they've really, like, cut back on uh, nice things that uh, <laughs> the government used to do. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> right? Like it used to be like, oh, the the like I, th- I, think I remember that- as a, like a kid going to the library like after dinner sometimes. Yeah, so it was like oh, like let's, let's yeah, like as a family like let's go to the like library. Five PM. Like you yeah. know, it's it's normal working hours. It's like nine to five on weekdays. Yeah. Um. Look. I'm mad about it, Tom, and yeah. this is my only outlet. So they should keep strip club hours. Exactly. They, if you want to keep me out of the strip clubs, open up the libraries. <laughs> right. That's what I told my wife. She's <laughs> like, I'm. I have no power to open a library. Yeah. Well, you should. You know. You know what you got to do. Get in front of the city council. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bookstores. Uh, they're nice. But I don't, you know what? I've spent so much money in bookstores that like now I am just like when I'm in a bookstore, I'm like, no. Yeah. Like do not buy this unless it's like a new release I've been waiting for. If it's just something I'm picking up, I'm like, no, put this on a list. Sure. You're, you might want to read this, but like this is, unless it's something I'm going to start reading like that day or the next day, I won't buy it. Yeah. That used to be my rule, but um, during the pandemic, I didn't like buy anything else ever. Yeah, that's true. And so it's just like that was the only that was like the only source of joy that I had. Wow, I'd, like, what a real fucking well, because you couldn't do anything. You couldn't like hang out with friends or anything. Really, you could have spent time with your wife. She didn't want. She wasn't interested. <laughs> She was giving you money to go to the strip club. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, I was like, Here's a hundred and ones. I keep telling you. Get out of here. It's unsafe. Oh, but the library is closed. Go to the strip club. <laughs> Just get out of here. Tom, uh, I was in the, the bookstore the other day. I almost bought you a copy of the Andromeda Strain in case you uh, Well, why would it. I need that, Tim? I've already read it. Oh, That's... because of the library. What? I was... Yeah, exactly. You yeah. see, you remember earlier when you were like, <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was good. I was afraid I wouldn't be able to finish the book. Yeah, I mean, I would have. I was going to, I was just going to, I was in the bookstore as I usually am. Yeah. And I was just like, all right, let me get this for my good friend Tom. And now you're like, I, clowning I was me just like, gonna... you dumb piece of shit. Fuck you. You almost bought me a book. Why don't you kiss my ass? <laughs> uh, I mean, I would have just like turned off the Wi Fi or something to finish yeah. reading it. I would have. Hey, life finds a way. I would have found a way to finish reading Wrong this book. Wrong book, asshole. What? Wrong book, Same asshole. author. Yeah, it's true. Uh, you, oh. don't, you don't know it's a wrong book, Tim. You haven't read this book. Maybe he uses these catchphrases in all of his books. I mean, that wouldn't... I mean, that would... <laughs> it's, it's relevant to this in, yeah. in a way. I haven't heard. I wonder if anybody out there has tried to think like, ah, should we have like a Crichton cinematic universe? We're like the Andromeda strain and like Westworld and Jurassic Park and Disclosure all happen in the same <laughs> Don't universe. Don't forget Rising Sun. <laughs> and Rising Sun. Make like a new version of uh, these movies where somebody's like watching TV about like something happening in Jurassic Park and they're like, oh, wow, that sounds almost as it sounds like Jurassic Park's almost in as much trouble as me, the guy from Disclosure. Who's getting sexually harassed by a woman? <laughs> yeah. You know that can happen. Yeah. That, that was the whole point of that book, right? 
Yeah, basically. It's like, oh, yeah, be careful, because women will be, uh, you're predators, too. Yeah, sometimes a woman- Well, it's wrong when I do it, but it's okay when you do it. Sometimes no. a woman 30 years younger than you and much hotter might decide to- uh... <laughs> We don't know what disclosure's no, about. No, because it was, it was Demi Moore- and uh and uh Michael Douglas. Yeah. But Michael Douglas isn't 30 years older than Demi oh, Moore. Michael Douglas is up there now. I mean Demi this Moore was is 1991. <laughs> but I'm but Demi Moore and Michael Douglas have both I feel like Demi Moore is in her early 50s, right? Probably maybe mid 50s. Hold on. And Michael Douglas oh, late 70s. Maybe even 80s. Disclosure, 1994. Well, the year doesn't matter. Michael Douglas was 50. Okay. Demi Moore was 32. Oh, like 18 years younger yeah. then. All right. Yeah, All right. Yeah. well, that could happen then. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Michael Douglas, 77 years old today. Demi Moore. Hey, happy birthday. <laughs> well, no, no, you know. <laughs> oh, not today. <laughs> no, I mean, like, he's currently, you know, the... It's the age he As is today. of today. <laughs> Dennis Miller was in Disclosure. Oh, yeah. He played uh, like the friend. He was actually pretty good in it, I remember. You saw Disclosure? Yeah, I saw uh. Disclosure. Mm-hmm. Dennis Miller was like not a bad actor. And like there's there's a different world where he just went into like being like a, I don't know, a, like an actor in movies that's only in like three scenes. Yeah. Um. You know what Instead that world what is? Instead of what he did go into. It's, it's the timeline where 9-11 never happened. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> because that's what made him go crazy into like politics. He's like, I need to host a radio yeah, show. Yeah, that's, that's what, he, yeah. what he's always claimed. Yeah. Wow. So not only on 9-11 did we lose almost 3,000 lives, we also lost Dennis Miller's acting career. Yeah. He might have been given a, a Best Supporting Actor speech at the Oscars. Wow. Imagine. Yeah. Imagine how quippy that, that speech would have been. Yeah, have been like, oh, I see. Uh... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it would have started. And then there yeah, would have I been see, some uh, jokes. Michael Douglas is here. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I don't want to say Michael Douglas. Uh, uh... Hey, Michael Douglas, maybe lay off on eating pussy. <laughs> That's, that's what he would say in his acceptance speech at the Academy Awards. Look, Timmy's, he's off the off Jesus the leash. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Anything? What was Robin Williams' uh, acceptance speech for Goodwill Hunting like? Uh, was it like? Did, was he like, hey? Uh, no, I feel like it was like pretty, just yeah. like. Uh, you know, like a guy like Robin Williams, I feel like when things like that happen, they're kind of like in like a Jim Carrey type. They're kind of like just taken aback by yeah. it and they're not like their like usual wacky selves. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, there's no way to know what he was like. <laughs> um, did you ever see uh, Joe Pesci win his uh, Oh, yeah, award? where he's like, yeah, thank, thank you very much. He just goes, he just, he just went up there. I think he says like, it was my pleasure. Yeah. And walked away. Yeah. What a great man. Uh, Tom, I've been getting a lot of tweets, a lot of DMs mm-hmm. about this new Home Alone oh, movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, people think I'm going to be outraged about it. Uh-huh. It's fine. They made a kid's movie. Everybody calm down. Yeah. Right? Yeah. People are so mad about this movie on the internet. Yeah, it's a dumb kid's movie, and they yeah. made another dumb kid. I mean, the first one, you know... It- 
it wasn't dumb, but it was a kids movie. It was made yeah. for kids. It was brilliant. Yeah. But but what I'm saying is like, yeah, it wasn't like, oh, it's working on multiple levels. Yeah. It's like, nah, it's it's simple, but they did a very, very good job making it. Yeah. And this one, it's like, yeah, well, this is for parents who like, you know, parents our age uh, that are like putting on Home Alone for their kids. And they're like, this looks like shit. <laughs> he's got a dumb TV. Yeah. I, what the fuck is that thing? He's putting a box into another box to watch. A movie in black and white, not even in 4K? Yeah. So they they got updated. They got to make a new version. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's got enough funny people in it that also I'm not going to judge it by its trailer. Well, people are so mad about like plot points. And it's like, well, yeah. you can't do have a character that's doing this because it's like you didn't even see the movie. And also, the movie's going to be dumb. I'm sorry. The movie's going to be dumb. It's, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. Uh, it's but not made it's... for a 38-year-old loser. <laughs> Shut up. But also, it's like, uh, like uh, you know, it has a has a bunch of funny people in it where I'm like, oh, I'm glad they got paid a lot of money. Yeah. And also, it's like, I bet if I watch this movie, I'm going to be like, this is dumb. But, like, these very funny people are going to have a few, like, line deliveries that's going to make yeah. me laugh. It's fine. Yeah. Hey, everybody cool out about the new Home Alone. I mean, it ruined, it, it's ruining my childhood, Tim. Yeah. I can't think back to my childhood with any fondness whatsoever I puke now. whenever I think about uh, <laughs> the first 12 years of my life. <laughs> uh, makes me physically ill. Well, I'm sorry to hear you were getting all those DMs, Tim. Yeah. Well, you know, when those kind of DMs come in, I call them BMs. Bowel movements. Bowel movements. Yeah. Tim. Then uh, Macaulay Culkin tweeted like, hey, uh, I've been getting this a lot. Uh, just so you know, I'm not in the new Home Alone movie, but like, I wish everybody well or whatever. <laughs> um, I'm not in the new version of the movie I was in 30 years ago. Well, Buzz is in it. Oh, he is? Yeah. So wait a minute. And what connection to the Home Alone universe does all this? You know have? what, Tom? Uh huh. Who the fuck cares? Oh, no, well, question. now, now I'm invested. <laughs> now I feel like they're actually. I feel like in the trailer there's like a cop named McAllister. Yeah, that's or Buzz. Yeah. That's the actor that plays Buzz. Oh, that's Buzz. Yeah. So Buzz became. Oh, that makes sense. Buzz would become a cop. I kind of I mean, like that. <laughs> the, you know who wrote that movie, right? The new one. Yeah. No. Um. Uh, Christopher Columbus. Uh, the, yeah, but not the director, the explorer. <laughs> um, home sweet home alone. Uh, that guy, uh, Streeter. Uh, uh, okay, yeah. And Mikey Day. Yeah, Both are, like uh, I guess SNL SNL guys. Yeah, okay. So like they and like they're guys our age right. who are just like they know yeah, they yeah. know what they're doing like. Yeah. I mean, look at how funny SNL is nowadays. I mean, Mikey Day and uh, uh, Streeter Seidel, they're funny guys. I know that. Okay. Right? Uh, I I know of them. I don't know. Streeter did a lot of college humor stuff back in the day. Mm -hmm. And Mikey Day is a funny guy. But also, this might just be a payday for them. Of course. Yeah. But I also, mean, it's a payday regardless. Yeah. But also, like, if if you and I wrote a, a Home Alone movie to like, oh no, it cash would deepen in. the lore. 
You would get really I think we'd be res- respectful enough to be like, all right, I would be pissed off if this happened. But yeah. like, no, I actually on. feel like having uh, Buzz be a cop in this. That's, that, a, that's funny, a good, yeah. that's a very good connection where it's like, yeah, you don't want to get like, you know what? Because this is the thing I, I know you're going to say I didn't like the new Ghostbusters because it had women in it. <laughs> but I just didn't like that it was like all that. Ghostbuster actors have cameos, but then it was like, is this a reboot? Is this a sequel? Like, what's the, like, I don't like when people pop up in like reboots in cameos, but they're not the same character. I mean, who cares? Well, my thing is like, make him the same character and then it's like, oh, cool. There's a connection or just don't put him in the movie because then it's like, it's just like everybody's having fun and everybody calm down. Yeah. But some, but like I'm saying with that Ghostbusters movie, like all three living Ghostbusters had different cameos and it was like, yeah, because it was taking up a lot of the movie now and they're not the same characters. Well, you were begging. You're like, get, get some white men in this movie. Yeah. And luckily they found Chris Hemsworth and he came <laughs> in and he blew them all away. It was like, not only is this guy handsome, he's the funniest man uh, alive. All right. We got, we got to move on. <laughs> we're not going to relitigate the 2016 <laughs> Ghostbusters movie. No, I, I mean, I've told you on record, like, I think the movie's fine. I, yeah. I laughed. I enjoyed it. It was fine. I read an article or a review slash article of uh, about the new Ghostbusters, which yeah, like, yeah. I've been enjoying uh, reading the reviews that are just like, this guy ever even seen Ghostbusters? This guy oh, knows really? like you haven't read these reviews. No, I've only seen good reviews of it. Oh no, just like, and uh, the things I read too was also like Ivan Reitman was on set every day. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's fine, but like they uh, th- this one article that I read, I think it was probably on Vulture or something, like uh, categorized the original Ghostbusters as an early 80s dirtbag comedy. <laughs> and like, that's what that, that yeah, movie was. Kind of is. It's, yeah, it's they're, it's they're smoking cigarettes yeah, all the time. Yeah, it's a movie about dirtbags. And like, that that's what yeah. was cool about it. Ray and, gets like, blown by a ghost. Yeah. Venkman's just trying to, you know, uh, uh, figure out a way to get into Sigourney Weaver's pants. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's a dirtbag comedy. And then this is just like uh, mystical kids movie yeah. where it's like all about the lore and the when, gadgets and Winston Zedmore's old thing is literally if there's a state paycheck involved I'll believe anything you tell me <laughs> yeah um yeah so anyway yeah like I'm sure Dan Aykroyd cared about the lore yeah but also like they were smart enough to be like well we shouldn't put all that in the movie because that'll just bore everybody yeah yeah Anyway, uh, there's an AV Club review and a Guardian review that are both negative. Go to town on it. Oh, really? Yeah. Everything I've read was like, "This is great." Yeah, because like, you read those like uh, like gadget oh, blogs sorry that for I read some reason good review- news, Tim. Sorry, I'm not hanging out in the uh, fucking depths of uh, 4chan or wherever where everybody is just loves that negative shit. about movies. Um. Tim, the Andromeda Strain Part Four. Yeah, Tom, can I just read one comment from uh, from Sergio? Stop eating your butt. What? She's chewing her butt. She's got allergies. She's chewing her butt. 
You gotta stop doing that, Ginger. Yeah, she listened once I told her. She knows not to. Sergio said, I feel like I know less about this book now than before (laughs) I started listening to the podcast. (laughs) I kind of feel that way, too. But it also seems like nothing has happened. Like, they found a thing and just did a bunch of tests on it. Yeah, I mean, like, a whole town died. You went into a whole thing about a nuke that I didn't, like, I was half paying attention. So... Uh, Yeah, I'm already bored. Two nukes involved. One, they were supposed to nuke the town. Right, and they never did. They never did. the guy was unmarried or something. No. (laughs) That's a different nuke. That's the other nuke. Okay. They were supposed to nuke the town because it's kind of like, well, it's like this small desert town. Everybody's dead. So we nuke it. We're not Except for an old man and a baby. But we got them out of there. Right. So if we nuke the town, you know, nobody's going to get hurt. All you're killing is a virus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's for safety. But then the other nuke is if there's like contamination in this uh, wildfire facility uh, and they can't stop it. A nuke right. will go go off unless the one single guy, not to be confused. Jonathan Silverman. No, Tim, I knew you were going to think it was Jonathan Silverman. It's not the single guy from NBC's The Single Guy. Yeah, but uh, such a beloved character. It just seems <laughs> crazy that Michael Crichton would write a, a similar guy. Oh, I, I should have mentioned, this is part of the single guy universe. It's part of the must TV universe. Uh, Michael Crichton... <laughs> you know, it operates in there. Yeah, right? yeah, that's where ER finally came mm-hmm. in. Um, no, but that like, if there's contamination, uh, the, you know, the the place will self destruct with a nuke, unless the one person who can stop it is the one single man, the one guy that doesn't have a family, mm-hmm. because basically they count on like, oh, he'll do the right thing. Whereas other people with families might elect to like blow this whole place up to save their families, right. even if they die. Right. Which is like a little convoluted, actually. I feel like, you know, all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I feel like they've gamed that out in real life, like with real life tests, like yeah. where they've told people this was <laughs> happening and then like saw how people well, that, reacted. I mean, that's what they said in this that they like you know, had different people put in scenarios and asked them to make decisions. Mm -hmm. And that they found that, like, you know, a male... I mean, I don't think they even, like, you know, tested if a woman should have a theory on this. (laughs) So it's only men. And it was like... Michael Crichton wasn't interested. And it was like, if a man has, uh, like, no wife or family, then he'll react more rationally than... Uh, of course a woman but um tom can i ask you a real quick question yeah if you were in the military Mm -hmm. and you went on a game show would you wear your uniform i think you have to right why are they always wearing their uniforms i think it's part of like when you sign up it's like i mean if you're ever gonna be on wheel of fortune you have to wear your uniform yeah i mean i think it is just that you're supposed to dress up yeah and like, this is a nice uniform. I, well, no, I'm not clear on what I, I I'm pretty sure like if you're active military, you're supposed to wear like military dress everywhere. You, no, if you're expected to dress up, though, like if you're at a wedding or something. Really? 
I think, I mean, I was at a wing this weekend. There were a few people, you hmm. know, with like uh, uh, badges and stuff. But like a full military. Yeah. yeah. Huh, interesting. But yeah, just curious. But like I'm even Lobra, sure... like even on like press your luck, the, <laughs> like the fucking, the Marines don't want you like, uh, like yeah, they don't want somebody in full the, military yeah. dress, uh, you know. Uh, no whammy, no whammy. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, that. screwing up on press your lock. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I believe there's also like different rules. Like I believe, uh, yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure I'm wrong, but I believe if you're active military, then like you're supposed to. If if it's a situation where you're supposed to be dressed up, then you have a uniform you're supposed to be dressed up in. Right. But I believe if you're retired military, it's kind of up to you. What if you're not military? then that's stolen valor no but i but i also think like uh you know like i i was at this wedding like i said and uh it was like one of the people getting married's father was wearing like you know it seemed like it was like oh he's got like a bunch of badges maybe it was uh general or something um but i was also thinking like I bet this guy doesn't wear this to other people's weddings. Right. But it's like one of his kids getting married. Okay. I. Mm. So I think maybe once you're retired, and uh, based on this guy's age, I assumed he's, but maybe he's not. Maybe he's one of the guys deciding, you know, if we shoot nukes off or whatever. Mm. I don't know. Well, that'd be a, a single guy, Tom. That they, wouldn't, <laughs> they wouldn't have him. Uh, Jonathan Silverman? Yeah. Was oh, he at okay. the wedding? <laughs> I wish. Man, imagine if fucking Bernie was at the wedding from Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> he was leading the conga line. <laughs> what in the world? Yeah, and everybody else acted like nothing was going on, but I'm like, that guy's dead. <laughs> now, when the Calypso music plays. <laughs> well, only in Weekend at Bernie's, too. Yeah. After he got like a voodoo curse put on him. <laughs> Um, that's a good idea i forget how the body (laughs) even got down to the caribbean too yeah do you think he wanted to be buried in the caribbean Mm. what a great series of movies talk about an unfinished trilogy (laughs) i don't think we ever got to see bernie buried i think he like walked off at the end maybe it's up to us tom maybe we'll (laughs) we can write the reboot uh, all right. But by your logic, Jonathan Silverman <laughs> wouldn't be allowed to make a cameo. No, he could show up as, but he has to be the same character. That's yeah. my thing. I wonder if he's uh, straightened his life out at this point. Yeah, not the like, actor, the character. Yeah, yeah. Second was. Yeah, I think I think he like found love by the end of the second movie. Yeah. All right. Sorry, the Andromeda stream. This is what I'm thinking would happen. One, like his kid would be involved, and at some point there would be like a phone call to his dad. And right. That's how we'd get a cameo yeah. with him in. He'd be like, "Oh, I'm off to play golf with your mom," but like, "Oh, well, here's my advice dealing with a reanimated." <laughs> so know. it'd be a different corpse. <sighs> well, that's a big question, huh? Is it Bernie or is it like a new Bernie? Yeah. I feel like it has to be Bernie, but at this point, like, how could it? Yeah. I don't know. They, but they got the voodoo person in. Maybe you you get some, like, somebody embalms him in such a way that he doesn't, that he ages naturally for a human. Cause, you know, if you're going to get that actor back, he's going to be old. Yeah. I think you can, you can get the, you don't need the original. Is Bernie alive or dead? Well, that's the question the movie's asked. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. 
you talk about. I believe that I, I believe the actor's still alive. Is it Robert Goulet? No, that they, played Bernie. No, they like kind of made him up to look like it. <laughs> Terry uh, Kaiser. Okay. He was fifty at the time. Oh wow. He's 82, and he's alive and kicking. Perfect. Get him in there. And this guy, Don Kalfa, was also 50. He's 82, also also kicking. Who's he? Who is he in the movie? I don't know. They don't have... Do you know this website that I go to? How old were they then? (laughs) You put in the movie, and it tells you how old everybody in the cast was. That that should be the new Facebook. That's this a very is, good. Tom, I'm on this more than <laughs> yeah, any other website. Yeah, that might be website. my new home page. Yeah, it rules. Um, well, Tim, Jonathan t- Silverman was only 23 years old in the original Whoa, movie. Whoa, really? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. He was like a new employee, I think, yeah. or an intern, maybe even. <sighs> Wild stuff. Andromeda Strain Part you know, Four. Fisher Stevens lives on my street. Sorry, go on. <laughs> Tim, we've only got a few minutes left. <laughs> no, the Andromeda Strain, uh, part four. Look, I'm going to tell you, the end of this book was a real dud, I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the first three quarters <laughs> of it seemed like a dud as well. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, uh, we start off, it's just kind of like one of, oh, one of these fucking five scientists that have no distinct personalities just thinking about like how all life that we know on earth somehow relies on protein for like mm-hmm. energy. And, and basically they're thinking about like, Oh, what about like a life form that doesn't use protein? What would that look like? And then they're thinking about like how we send like radio signals out to space and we listen for them back. Mm-hmm. And they're thinking about like, Oh, what if like, an advanced civilization didn't use that. What if, you know, and basically is going over like how radio waves decay and like, like what if they just made like a self-replicating organism? You know, it'd be like very cheap to make. You could make billions of them. And they were like, we're just going to send these things scattering throughout the universe. And this will be like our message. You know, basically thinking like, Oh, what if this is that? Um, uh, and then, you know, a shitty message. Yeah. One of them's talking to the old man, uh, Peter Jackson who lived Mm -hmm. and like Peter Jackson, just telling him about Piedmont, the like town where everybody's dead. This is like filling him in on history. And they're like, yeah, but the night everything happened, like why, why did everybody like run out of their houses? Like, I don't want to talk about that night. It's like, oh, this guy's just Ah. like a typical old man who just wants to tell you a bunch of boring shit. And not anything that's actually interesting. <laughs> Typical old man. Well, I'm in. I'm. Uh, yeah, I think. So that's listen, right. one of my grandpas was like this. Like he would tell you the most boring stories you've ever heard, and then you would hear from other people. Like, uh, yeah, then I would hear from my dad. He was like. He was uh, one of General Patton's bodyguards during World War Two. Oh, it's like, but. I think but understandably like he's like, PTSD I don't want yeah, to talk about those yeah. stories. Like, yeah. you know, he, he killed it. I know he strangled somebody to death during World War II. Mm-hmm. So there were like a bunch of things. I not, know that Patton also not, yelled at people yeah. a lot. <laughs> and not somebody strangled a Nazi, like, you know, in like uh, hand-to-hand combat. So it's like, I get you don't want to like talk about all those things, but like, 
the stories I would hear as a kid is like, these are the most boring, <laughs> mundane stories. Yeah, I don't need it. Like, if you're, you don't have to tell me about strangling the Nazi, but you also don't have to tell me about like what happened at the Jiffy Lube. Yeah, no, I mean, his, he would tell me about, I mean, his big thing, he'd always tell me about like my cousins, because, you know, Irish family, huge. Mm-hmm. And it's like, these people aren't my cousins. They're my second cousins or like first cousins once removed or even further. And it's like, and what they did, it's like, that sounds cool for them, but I'm not that interested. (laughs) Or it'd be about like some story, a guy in a bar told him in like the (laughs) fifties. Anyway, (laughs) I'm not here to just complain about my grandpa's stories. Um, Chapter 23 uh the yeah i talked about the plane that crashed uh-huh yeah so now we're like at the site and they find out that like oh it wasn't rubber i think i already said oh, that maybe yeah. it, but it was polymers and all the polymers were depolymerized and they explain what polymers are and it's very boring this, um, this stuff seems like it's up your alley though where it's just like oh the rubber wasn't rubber and it was blah blah and like you're just like, oh, interesting. That has implications, but like, it doesn't seem like it actually synthesized into anything. That's yeah. Uh, that's th- what I was gonna say. I, th- I think in my notes later, I get into it where there's just like a lot of chapters where it's like it ends with a like, but what he wouldn't know until later that uh, is that he should have checked this, and you always think like it's gonna be some crazy revelation, and then it's like no, it's just like a different science thing was happening. <laughs> Um, so they, uh, they figure out that the, this Andromeda strain produces no waste, Mm. which is a big deal because like, again, everything we know produces some kind of waste. Right. So, uh, they realize like, oh, for us, you know, we produce this podcast, right? That's our form of waste. Mm. Um, they, so now they're like, oh shit, make sure they don't bomb that town because all this strain this organism does is like take in energy and somehow turn it into more energy uh, or like uses that energy to grow and produces no waste whatsoever. So like, if you drop an atomic bomb, you're just going to give it all so this energy. energy. Yeah. yeah. Um, they don't know what happened to the plane though. Uh, they don't, uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, there's also like a lot of stuff in this where it's like, ah, like, but they didn't check this. They didn't look at this. It's basically like communication kind of sucked back then. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, uh, uh, oh, they're, they're, they find out, or I guess they knew within this uh, facility, there's a deathmatch program where basically it's like a lot of this stuff is like, computers doing really cool stuff that a you know looking back on it's like that's not that cool that's not but then also b it's like we can't even do that now there's no way a computer (laughs) and this was like there was a computer program to like you know uh find weird deaths happening throughout the country it's like no there wasn't they weren't you have to put that shit in a computer for a computer to know about it um But they find out that there was a cop that uh, had an ulcer 
And he uh, he was like eating at a diner. He's like, oh, my ulcer's acting up. So they gave him aspirin and sodium bicarbonate. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, he shot everyone in the diner Whoa. and then said to the uh, waitress, I love you, Shirley Check, Temple. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, he said, I love you, Shirley Temple, and hmm. shot himself. Whoa. And they find out it was the cop that had driven through the town right ah. before... Everybody went nuts. But literally, the guy's like reading this. He's like, "Mm, maybe it's connected. It's like, what do you mean maybe (laughs) it's connected? Of course it's fucking connected. Um, He contacts the chief medical officer of the highway patrol about this. Mm -hmm. He like calls an operator. He's like, connect me. And they're like, I can connect you. They don't have a TV monitor, though, so it'll only be through audio. And again, it's like, yeah, it's fucking 1968. Of course they don't have (laughs) FaceTime. Just connect the call. Come on. Um, There's like a weird part about recording the call that I I didn't really get. (laughs) The minutia in this book. Yeah. (sighs) Where it's like the cops recording the call. But like. Who cares? I guess a, a system on the line picks up. That the, and it's like, this call is being recorded. Please stop recording this call. I think it's just to kind of show off, like, look at the technology they have. I'm uh, I'm mad on your behalf that you had to read this. <laughs> they find out that this cop was diabetic and that the waitress said he had liquor on his breath. But, there, but everybody else was like, he didn't drink. So how mm. could he have smelled like liquor? He gets off with the cop, and then the the you know one of these scientists asks the operator, and again I'm like, well, surely there's somebody else you can ask. They're like, hey, can I arrest people? Do I have the authority to arrest people? And they're like, no, but you have the authority under like you know the military to like detain people for questioning for 48 hmm. hours. And he's like, great, detain that guy for questioning because he's like, ow, ow, and he didn't even want him. For questioning, you just didn't want him talking to anyone, I guess. Right. Um, but then an alarm starts going off in like the facility. And it's like, uh-oh, you know, this place is a good place for alarms to go off. Uh, a seal has broken in like the autopsy chamber oh, or whatever. Uh, and they're like, come on, we got to go. The guy that was having seizures has epilepsy and didn't tell anyone. Right. He like freezes because of the blinking lights. Mm-hmm. It freezes and then has a seizure. Um, but again, this is one of those things where it's like, ah, he has a seizure and that like frustrates another guy because he's like, why didn't you tell people you have epilepsy? Now I've got to take care of you. But he does and then he still gets out in time or whatever and it never occurred was it exciting Mm, there are a lot of parts of this book that i feel like are supposed to be exciting Mm. but aren't okay um and i think part of it is just because we're like told so much of this from like a a future omniscient narrator so it's like well i know this character doesn't die i know this uh, i know the whole world doesn't end so like this guy having a seizure at a crucial moment there's no real stakes. Yeah, that. it doesn't yeah. really do anything. Um, uh, we so we find out like you know it, it's spread, it's broken. You know now we know it can like eat rubber sometimes. So it's like done that to a seal. Uh, one of the guys, Burton, he sealed off, and um, Lance Burton. 
I wish. Yeah, I wish this book was about Lance Burton. Just <laughs> life. Um, so he stuck this guy, and they're like, "Ah, oh, fuck!" You're like, you're sealed in there with the with the bacteria, with the virus, with the Andromeda strain. Mm. And he's like, "Give me, give me callosin," and they're like, "No." Or are you crazy? We can't give you callison. And then it goes into this big like tangent about how callison was basically this uh, cure for cancer they found, but it caused diarrhea. But that wasn't why they didn't uh, give it to people. It was they were testing it. They gave it to 20 cancer patients, 20 volunteers from a prison, which I'm like, were they volunteers? <laughs> um, all they... All the cancer people, all the cancer patients were like cured. So they're like, but oh then it shit. Stunk to high heaven because of the diarrhea. Yeah. But they're like, you know what? Small price to pay. Yeah. At the I, end of the yeah. day, diarrhea is better than cancer. Yeah. Uh, great. We found a cure for cancer. Stop giving everybody the cancer treatment. Um, and uh, after they stopped. All 40 people died within six hours. Um, So they found what this callison thing did was actually like kill everything on a person. So like all bacteria, all foreign bodies, cancer cells, all these things. So then once they stopped taking it, they all died very quickly of like extremely obscure diseases that like we all have like natural Natural immunity immunity to um uh but this guy burton's like i'm scared to death and uh hall's like that gives me an idea and we go into we don't hear the idea we go into the next chapter uh hall figures out uh that Paul's one of the guys. I one guess. of the guys. <laughs> he figures out that uh, the Andromeda strain only acts within a very narrow pH level. Uh-huh. And that that's what it is. And he's like, it's over. Our problems are solved. Um, so they're like, put oxygen into the room. That's what it's like. We, we know it doesn't do well in oxygen. And then we find... Tim, we find out the reason why the baby didn't die. Guess what? That baby was basic. Oh, I see. Yeah. Base. Yes. It it was more basic than acidic. Right. Um, Because it was screaming all the time, I think, is the explanation they gave. Okay. Um, (laughs) I feel like um, Michael Crichton just likes putting like... Hey, this is an interesting medical fact. So, like, yeah. did you know that, like, the pH level of a person is... Yeah, so... Uh, it's like, all right. He explains that, like, when you're breathing rapidly or screaming or anything like that, you're putting out a lot more carbon dioxide than usual, mm-hmm. and that makes your blood slightly basic. And we know, like, the old guy was slightly acidic because he was drinking sternos all the right, time. Right, um, So, the, the, you know, he comes into the room. He's like, no, don't pump the room full of oxygen. Burton, you got to breathe rapidly. You got to make your blood mm. uh, basic by, like, getting carbon dioxide out. Burton, become a basic bitch. Yeah, basically. Um, but also, like... 
he's not going to be able to do that for he's eventually going to get tired or pass out so this is like a very short term solution right um but they figure out that the bacteria had mutated to eat soft rubber hmm. instead of like yeah. coagulating blood um but now another seal's been broken and the self-destruction started. Oh, the, no. That, that yeah. big timer. Um, Hall, oh, so like Hall's the guy with the key. They get him into like a substation. At where I get, remember I told you like not all the substations were built. So like he couldn't turn it off from everywhere. Yeah. So like he's stuck somewhere. <laughs> sure. I remember that. He's stuck somewhere where he can't turn it off, which right. as soon as you heard this, you were like, Oh, of yeah. course somebody's going to get stuck. So he has to go through the core, which is how they like brought the thing down. Mm-hmm. Again, this is like technology that I'm like, this technology still doesn't exist where, um, Oh, well, but before all this happens, he's like, he he runs up to a woman in the thing. He's like, oh, wait, did I think he, he maybe looked weird. Maybe he had the suit on already or something. He runs up to a woman. He's like, I need help. And she's like, ah, screams and runs away because she's a woman. How how could she possibly (laughs) She She immediately turns hysterical. Um, he gets into a suit and like starts climbing up and they're like, well, here's the thing about the core. It fills up with this gas and shoots darts because the core is built. The defense system is if one of the monkeys gets out, Hmm. one of the monkeys we've infected, we need to take it down. Right. So it's going to shoot him with the taking down monkeys at labs. So it's like, it's going to shoot you with a dart. With like 10 milligrams of this thing that will stop you breathing, you know, like seize up your uh, your your chest muscles. So you mm-hmm. like physically won't be able to. That's you know, terrifying. Yeah. Expand and contract yeah. your your diaphragm and breathe. Um, but it takes like 70 milligrams for a human. So like you'll be all right. You, you won't be all right, but you're going to get hit with a few darts. <laughs> And it's like a computerized thing shooting darts at him, which again, it's like computers weren't able to do that in the sixties. They would have just had a dude with a real gun <laughs> shoot the monkeys. Um, <laughs> That'd be a funny job. But he, the monkeys yeah. get out. You got to shoot them. You just sit there and wait for the monkeys to get loose. Well, and in that case, I would wear my military uniform on uh, oh, on yeah. any. And they were like, well, "We understand you're in the military. What what is it you do to keep our country safe?" I'm like, well, I uh, assassinate monkeys from like uh, you know uh, real secure labs in case they get out. Uh, I'm the monkey. <laughs> like that, I'm the monkey sniper. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he climbs. He climbs up, and again, it's like there are stakes, but I feel like there weren't stakes. Right. Uh, Forty-five seconds to self-destruct. Oh, I I wrote this passage out. Forty-five seconds to self-destruct. The voice said, and then he was angry because the voice was female <laughs> and seductive and recorded because someone had planned it this way. What in the world? So, like, one of the main protagonists gets mad that the like system going. 45 seconds 
There's a woman's voice. He's like, ah, it's, it's meant to seduce me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Get your fucking head in the game. Here I am. You're in this voice. I'm rock hard. Fucking yeah. <laughs> trying to climb but, up the uh, thing. The nuke's about to go off. I've been hit with multiple monkey darts. <laughs> um, and he, like, passes out. Next chapter, he wakes up. He he got he doesn't remember it, but he got to the system. He put the key in. He stopped it. Um, they had, they oh he wakes up with like them like pulling uh you know like in, an intubation tube out of him. Eesh. So like you know it hurts. He's like what the hell? You know that's a nice how do you do a nice wake up call. Um, but we find out that he had only been intubated for twelve minutes. Apparently, like this drug, I mean, it makes sense that it's like very strong but short acting. Uh-huh. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't have to be long acting. Like, if it stops a monkey from breathing for, you know, a few minutes, it's yeah. done its job. Uh, so basically, they had to use, like, they had to intubate, use a ventilator for 12 minutes while the drug ran out. Right. But they, but also, I thought this is weird. They were, he was like, how long? And it was, he meant like how long it was, I, you know, without oxygen. Uh-huh. And there were like 40 seconds. You weren't breathing. You were blue when we found you. I'm like 40 seconds. I can hold my breath yeah. for 40 seconds. Let's do it right now. And well, no, it's not good podcasting, Tim. And also, I think, I don't know, would you turn blue after 40 seconds? Surely, I, Tim's holding his breath right now, so he can't answer any questions. He gave me a, a quick shake of the head. We'll see. We'll see if this whole book, if any of this book makes any sense at all, whether or not Tim can hold his breath for 40 seconds. But I guess maybe if you're not, he wasn't holding his breath. He, like, passed out. So he didn't, potentially didn't have any oxygen in his lungs. Fine. Whatever. We find out that the cloud of Andromeda strain has now moved over Los Angeles. But also, (sighs) you did it, Tim. Did I turn blue? You were purple for a while. I thought you were dead, actually. Uh, The Andromeda strain is over LA. And you're like, oh, shit. That's the worst case scenario. But then it's like, but it mutated into... The eating rubber kind. And it's uh. like, ah, well, there's no rubber up there. I'm sure it'll be fine. So basically, they're like, oh, it's just going to keep going up into the atmosphere, which is where we found it in the first place. Yeah, eating rubber all the way. Yeah. Eating, if it encounters any eating rubber. Eating rubber, like, it it was mute. It was coagulating blood. But now, it, you know, it's uh, eating rubber. Who knows what will happen next, but also it's up in space. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's an epilogue, and it's just about... <laughs> so it just went away? Yeah, it just went away. But there's an epilogue about a... Uh, like a... <laughs> <laughs> <It> sucks. <laughs> right? <laughs> what are we going to do? Oh, it's floating away back into space. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And also it mutated to like a much less harmful strain. We're like, even if even if it was hanging around eating rubber, it'd be like, oh man, everybody had to get like new hoses for their cars. And like new 
<laughs> new uh i don't know like uh door frames yeah yeah um and then there's an epilogue it doesn't say how much time has passed but presumably like a decent you know like potentially years or even decades and it's about how a um like a nasa mission has come in and like uh Exploded, burned up on re-entry, but like we know it wasn't re-entry. It was like the Andromeda strain like ate away at the rubber. (laughs) And it's like, well, don't fucking put right. You know, it's up there. And uh, I don't know. One one of the guys, Hall or Burton or or uh, Snake, I don't know. One one of the guys, they like talk to him. So it's like, oh, he's involved. Like the press talks to him. It's like, oh, he's involved in uh, in NASA he stuff should know now. Not I guess. to put rubber on stuff. Yeah. Um, Burton or Thompson sorry, or I dropped whatever. something. Uh, but then it's <laughs> you like you had to pick up your fidget spinner. Yeah, pick up my. It's a fidget toy, Tim. It's on yeah. a spinner. Um, we find out that he. Uh, they, they they ask him like, "Will this push back the mission to Mars?" He's like, "No, the mission to Mars will go on as planned." So presumably, it's like eighties or nineties, right? You know that that the space program kept going, and mm-hmm. that's you know, I I know I talk a lot about that show uh, for all mankind, and in that show, that's that's like a lot of what it's about, like what the space race continued. So this is kind of like also like. This book was written in the beginning, not the beginning, I guess, like in the thick of the space right. race. So I'm assuming, you know, in the late 60s, people probably like optimistically thought like by the 80s or 90s, we'll be going to Mars. Well, especially when it's like, all right, well, it took a like they weren't yet at the moon, but we knew that they were going we we're headed for the moon. Yeah. And, and we had like, only that started took, this. like less than a decade. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, and it was less than seventy years from uh, like the Wright brothers. Yeah. So yeah, uh, by all accounts, we should have mm-hmm. been uh, going gangbusters, been at Mars. So it's also like a weird where it's like it's still out there, and it's like yeah, and this knucklehead didn't tell people like, uh, hey, easy on the rubber on anything coming back. And I know there is a, a like a somewhat recent sequel to the Andromeda oh, Strain. Really? Written by somebody else, of course. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, like, they were writing it from uh, notes or anything like that. Right. Or, I mean, this book certainly seemed like it left off for a sequel, but I feel like that was kind of a thing with Crichton books. I mean, Jurassic Park did have a sequel book. Yeah. And that left off for a sequel. But like Sphere kind of ended somewhat open-ended. Like, I mean, I feel Mm. like because none of these books focus on characters at all, that's kind of like, well, these books aren't about a character's journey. These books are about like a scientific event. So of course it can right happen again, or or there can be some it unforeseen could, some, complications. Something can happen, and then it'll just like solve itself in the end again. <laughs> or that will happen sometimes. I mean, that's the thing. Like these guys, the only thing these guys really did was not have the nuke go off. 
Like that was the only real action that they took. You know what I mean? Right. Because otherwise the problem took care of itself. Like they figured out what the Andromeda strain was. And then coincidentally, right when they figured out what it was, was when like the only real dangerous situation happened, which was if if this is nuked, that could create a situation where like the entire world gets destroyed. Right. But this guy was able to overcome the monkey darts and that didn't happen. And then also the town wasn't nuked, but only because the president was like, "Eh." like I'd rather not drop a nuke. Like people are going to be upset about that. All right. So yeah. What do you think uh, of the theory that uh, this was based on a top secret, nearly disastrous 1967 incident in Arizona? I I haven't heard that theory. Is that a theory? Uh, It's put forth by the USA Today review of the Andromeda Evolution that came out in uh, 2019. Um, Three out of four stars they gave it. The Andromeda Evolution? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I read some of the, like, Amazon reviews for that book because I was curious. I feel like overall it had a good rating, but on Amazon, any book that has a good rating, the top reviews are the one stars because it's like, you know, people can mark what they found helpful. Um, And, like, some of those I felt like it it was the one star reviews. I felt like it was people that had, like, very nostalgic feelings towards this book. And we're like, this book's boring, the new one. And it's yeah. like, the old one's boring, Guess what? Too. Got news for you, Gramps. Um, I mean, I don't think anybody would share with Michael Crichton that kind of top secret information. He has like a bunch of uh, sources cited uh, in the back of the book. You know, I think just about like procedures and yeah. things like that. Cool. Um, the only thing uh, more boring than reading about the procedures is the sources from which you <laughs> got the procedures. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the thing Michael, I don't think this is based on actual incident. I think the thing that Michael Crichton was good at was like reading about present day technology, extrapolating like, well, what would that look like in the future? And then like, what's a crazy way this could happen? You know, I feel like at this time we were learning a lot about like biochemistry and how bacteria and viruses and stuff actually worked, how life actually worked. You know, we were starting to look for life on other planets and, you know, starting to think about like, well, what are we looking for? What does that actually look like? Right. And same thing, you know, it's Jura- riveting stuff to them. with Jurassic Park, you know, DNA and cloning, you know, cloning especially was like a new like we're getting there. You know, like we think we have figured at least figured out this is possible. And he just was like, yeah. all right, I'm going to take that and run with it. Yeah, hey, uh, he's like, uh, enough with sheep. Let's uh, let's do a freaking dino. Yeah, which, hey, what Uh kid could disagree? Um, I did see, I guess a lot of people credit this with being the first techno thriller. Yeah. Which, you know, is is a genre that Michael Crichton wrote in uh, a bunch. Yeah. 
But I don't know, like techno thrillers. How thrilling was it? Really? I, I look. I love a good techno thriller, but I've also read a lot of bad techno thrillers. And I feel like it's it's a weird genre because techno it's, thriller. That sounds like a collaboration between Moby and Michael Jackson. If you ask me, was Moby a techno guy? I mean, at some point, probably. <laughs> I don't know. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's like a weird genre. It's a very, I think, like loosely defined genre. Right. Where a lot of things could be considered techno thrillers. And some techno thrillers are like very scientifically accurate where it's like, oh, no, like this could happen tomorrow. And then some rely on like, you know, a lot of things being invented and discovered to happen. Right. Well, Tom, I think we can all agree we can stop saying techno thriller now. Well, we'll see next week when you watch uh, the, the movie. Two hour and seventeen, two hour and eleven minute, uh, the nineteen seventy one film. I was gonna say uh, over two hours, and that's a seventies movie. So. Yeah, in I feel like <laughs> in nineteen seventy one, they like movies capped out at like one forty five. Oh, absolutely. So what they're going to do for another half hour after that, I'm uh, not gonna, looking forward to. Yeah, it's probably going to be like a lot of ambient scenes of just like people sitting in like the cantina. I mean, that's okay with me. Not, But not talking. That's, <laughs> hey, if the visuals are cool. What what if, it, what if it turns out that Andromeda Strange is like a hang movie? <laughs> <laughs> and you love it. Where maybe in the movie nobody tries to do anything. Maybe, maybe, maybe they never even get through all the like cleaning protocols before everything takes and care it of itself. Flies away, <laughs> man! It, it was just a cloud of this stuff, and it flew away. What a what a wild ending to a book. Yeah, I I mean honestly, the, literally did what like Poochie did on the uh, <laughs> yeah. scratch. Just like, I'm kind of shocked because like I. Like, I have very, very fond memories of the novel Jurassic Park. Yeah. And should have read that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think if I did reread it, I'm sure I'd find a lot of things wrong with it, but I'm sure I'd also find a lot of things where I'm like, oh, I forgot about this. This is cool. There's a cool yeah. angle. This felt like a fucking drag. Yeah. And I, I mean, believe me. Yeah. From my perspective. And I and I think I did try to read this in like seventh grade or something yeah. and, and understandably gave up on it. Um I mean it is kind of a hang movie. Really nothing mm-hmm. happens there hmm. story. We'll see. We'll see. Uh but uh, a hang movie or story or TV show generally relies on or uh, a a successful one richly drawn characters yeah, these where are not it's just like drawn. okay yeah they're not doing much but like yeah. i mean there there's one guy that's single there's one guy that's fat so there are you know all the other people are like this guy's fat how smart could he be <laughs> <laughs> kind of like so it's like a very derogatory yeah uh and i think that's it that's like the only characterizations yeah yeah I look forward, I mean, I'm <laughs> dreading watching this movie. It's going to be one of those things that, like, Wednesday night, I'm going to be like, fuck, I forgot yeah. I had to watch this I mean, this I thing. remember, like, uh, a few years ago. Maybe it won't be available anywhere. <laughs> well, then, 
You can't come back next week and just be like, the movie wasn't available. Um, <laughs> what what court would convict me? Uh, I remember watching a few years ago um, Westworld, the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was before the TV show came out because like I saw the trailer for the TV show and I was like, hell yeah, this looks awesome. This is right up my alley. And uh, I watched that movie and, and I like Yule Brenner. Yeah, who doesn't like Yul Brenner? Uh, and the movie again was just like a real big drag. Where I was like, "This, this is boring." I saw there were some uh, funny clips that went uh, somewhat viral. I guess they're they're filming like uh, the new season of Westworld right now in New York City. Oh yeah, and people walking by like all yeah. the dead bodies or whatever. Oh, oh, well, spoilers! I didn't see that mm. part. But as you see, there was one clip where somebody was just like filming like a really cool looking like futuristic car that was on the street, and a PA is telling him to stop, and the whole time he's just going like, "Fuck you! I can do whatever I want. <laughs> go go to hell. Go away." <laughs> And just like taking like close, and they're like, "No, you can't." And he's like, "I can do whatever I want. Go to hell. <laughs> Fuck you." Wow. And I was like, oh, "All right, yeah, this is a public." And he's like, "It's a public street. You can't do anything. Shut up. Shut up. Go away." Yikes! And then I saw another funny clip where it, you, there was like a scene with like seeming like hundreds of extras all dressed in like futuristic clothing and it was somebody like filming from their office and just zoomed in on like this one like i don't know like 50 year old woman that somehow got onto the set but like didn't intend to and is just frozen in place looking around like what the hell is going on so yeah I have to go uh, find one of these Westworld sets. Mm. Seems like you can uh, really berate a PA <laughs> I can berate a PA and then uh, see some cool futuristic cars. And PAs have the worst job. I feel bad for they them. They do, but they also suck. Yeah, but like they, I'm saying they're, put that, I'm in a, s- they're put in a bad situation. I know. I'm, I'm saying that as a pedestrian that they suck. Yeah. Like not as... Uh, like somebody has worked on movie sets who's like, fuck them. <laughs> They're peons. Yeah. I'm saying that as somebody who's like been trying to get somewhere and somebody's like, you have to stay here. Yeah. And um, it just sucks because like you're not mad at that kid who right. is like getting orders to be like, do not let anybody cross here. You're mad at like, yeah, or, the you, or you'll get fired. Yeah, exactly. So, well, anyway, Tom, also, it's just another way for you to. Harass I, service I, employees. I, I, no, they're not service employees. They're part of Holly Weird. Public facing employees. Um No, and I've also been in situations where I've been like not in a huge hurry. I'm like, all right. But I mean, you know how making any of these things go. We're like then I'm standing on a corner for like five minutes and I'm like, all right, I'm trying to cross like a single lane road and I stood here for five minutes. I'm going to cross. And they're like, no, sir, sir. Yeah. It's like, you're not. They haven't called action yet. Yeah. I'm listening out for mm. lights, camera, action. And then when, if you happen to be there, you'll be on. When If if you hear action, you're like, shit, I'm in yeah. the shot. Okay. Well, I'm in this production now. I know what to do. I mean, Turn I, think, on the charm. I think I've told you that's my retirement plan. That I'm in uh, an episode of One Tree Hill and I never signed a uh, release. Oh. I'm sure the dub- the now defunct WB network. Will, uh, uh, the WB on. Corporation still exists, Tim, and they might owe me a lot of money. 
Should I watch the movie or should I watch the mini series from 2008? No, watch the movie. The, yeah. I'm sure the movie is going to be shorter than the fucking mini series. Yeah, that's too. true. When has like a 90s or aughts mini series been better than the movie? Except for know. The Shining, of course. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I think Steven Weber was perfectly cast. Like, why? Jack well, I, Nicholson. I, I, yeah, how are you going to put uh, Jack Nicholson up against Steven Weber <laughs> from Wings? Um, Steven Weber, good man. All right. Uh, I mean, thing- he is good. He's a good actor, but yeah. he's not Jack Nicholson in The Shining. That's mm-hmm. like a crazy role to take on. Mm-hmm. Thank you, everybody, for being a patron. We love you very much. Watch uh, the 1971 movie along with us, or don't. I don't. Where know. can you find it? Did you look it up? Yeah, you can rent it on all the. It's not. It's not. Oh, it doesn't not appear to be anywhere. streaming right. anywhere well, for don't, free. Yeah, don't don't rent it. Yeah, rent it. Do whatever you want. I don't know. It's hey, like... it's your, your. But look, if you're between staying a patron or renting this movie. Well, that's a freaking uh gift to the magi situation. Imagine they stopped their yeah, uh, th- their Patreon so they could watch the Andromeda stream so they could listen to the Patreon <laughs> oh, episode. Oh boy. Shit. Yeah, that's a perfect gift to the magi yeah. situation. Oh, Henry is uh giggling right now at the, the very, very in, in his grave. He, he's in his grave going, "Oh, Henry indeed." <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're gonna feel like a, a real klutz if you do that. Yeah, so don't, don't be do a that. Klutz. Look, just do the math on how much entertainment you get, how many hours. Uh, I can't believe I gotta watch this movie. Uh-huh. Oh, it sounds scary. All right, this is gonna be a good movie. Oh, the sound is all bad. <laughs> oh, this sucks. All right, uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you for being patron. Love you, Rush. Bye-bye.